Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Welp, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here and now. Just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I am your host, Allie, and this week's episode is with a friend, Shake Prisby. He's actually a member in the co-working space building that I manage, which is pretty neat. And I have to say um, in advance that you will, (laughs) this episode makes it pretty clear that I don't necessarily love the concept of being employed myself. But there are definitely perks to being employed, and I would like to make that clear. I'm not just saying I'm grateful that I have a job, because not only am I really fucking grateful that my job pays the bills, but I'm really grateful that I get to be learning on somebody else's dime. Yes, I mean, it's my time, but I'm learning new things, I'm meeting people, I'm growing, hopefully, you know, and... I think there's a lot to be said for being employed, absolutely. And the fact that I get to meet some really cool people like this guy that you're about to hear is really awesome. So a lot of topics that we go over, or to name a few, are how people would tell him that he can't do what he's doing right now for a living, which is trading stocks. And that's actually what sparked his fire. I want to know if anybody else can relate when people tell you you can't do something and you're like, um, hell yeah, now I'm going to go do it. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, we also talk about the parallels between trading stocks and wellness, becoming self-employed, mentorship and community, how to take advantage of mentors and paying it forward, and his tricks for success at such a young age because he's a year older than me and killing it. But let me tell you, His secret was not overnight success. But I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it together. Um, Yeah, let me know what you think. Let us both know what you think. Reach out to him if you're interested in what he does. It's pretty damn fascinating. Uh, I couldn't do it, but we figure that out on the call. So enjoy. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for joining me today here on Well and Why. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Pumped. Yes, me too. So you're currently a co-working space tenant of mine for the company that I work for, and your dog, Nugget, is one of my most beautiful furry friends in the building. So thank you for sharing her with us. <laughs> uh, my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. She's a joy to everyone. Oh, my gosh. She's such a joy. I love her. She so really much. is. <laughs> She's a handful. Yeah, I'll miss her when you go. Yeah, I, I can imagine. She's, yeah. She brings joy. She does. Cool. So let's get into it. So basically, I didn't even realize until today that your business has an Instagram and it has 88.1 thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is insane. 
Um, yeah, I don't really publicize it too much. Um, but yeah. me and my partner have been doing the social media thing pretty well uh, the last few years. Amazing. Is that a business partner? Yes, uh, he's my business partner. Um, so our business is called Trading Experts. Um, the gist of what we do is really teach people how to trade stocks uh, on the most basic level. And then as you kind of uh, progress with us, we get more detailed. Uh, and we have kind of levels to our uh, membership, different groups and stuff. And once you get to the highest level, you know, we're kind of trading together every single day. Wow. Yeah, you have like six screens over there. Yeah, it's it's it could be like looking into the matrix sometimes. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine. <laughs> and it just looks like huge waveforms, right? Uh, what do you mean huge waveforms? Like audio waveforms. It kind of looks like that when you're looking at those computers. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, not to me anymore, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's all stock charts and all that mess. Right. So, so you're like, yeah. no, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. If I didn't know what was going on, I'm sure I'd think it looked like wave charts. I don't even know what the hell a wave chart is. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking from an audio perspective, it just looks like oh, right, waves right. of energy or something. Yeah. <laughs> tough radio just trying to describe these screens. Yeah. I, yeah. It's definitely intense. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I was wondering if you, you, so I was just going to ask you if you could tell us a little bit more about what you do for a living, but that was pretty much the gist of it, right? Yeah. I mean, in the most simple sense, that's what it what was, what we do. Cool. Um, what is your why? What is my why? So, yeah. Me and my partner, we met, uh, let's say, six or seven years ago at a trading firm. And we kind of had, we had different goals in life. And this is why our business works out so well. I am, I'm like the hardcore trader where I'm just, you know, I have the six screens. I'm trading uh, a lot of stock on a, on a really short-term basis. It's really risky, stuff like that. And he is more of the long-term investor. He has a job with Morgan Stanley. He does wealth management, all that stuff. But when we initially met six years ago, we were working at a trade, a trading firm and everyone was trading like I do. And we just saw tons and tons of guys losing all their money. Um, they didn't really have any direction. They didn't really care about any of the traders. So me and my partner, after a few years and we built our own capital up so that we didn't really need the firm, we kind of wanted to just help the average trader out. And that's really how it all got started. We saw so many people failing and we, we thought we could be such a benefit to the community. And that's really where it all began. And then we just kind of ran with it. Wow. That's really, really neat. So you were, what, like on Wall, Wall Street or something? Yeah, we were working at a trading firm on Wall Street, um, and it was a prop trading firm, which means you're risking your own money. Mm. So it's it's really risky, and they say between 90 and 99% of the people fail. What? So what we do, I know, it's crazy, and people still do it. And I, I mean, I was one of the crazy guys that did it. <laughs> but I mean, I'm fortunate enough to make it through, and I'm still trading to this day. But um Oh, but what we boast, what we're most proud of is that we teach people how to trade the right way with, you know, where they're not losing their money. And we've never had a person lose their capital account. And that, so where the 90 to 99% fail, we've never had a member do that. And we've had over a, a thousand members at this point throughout our history. And so that's, that's one of the things we're really proud of is that, you know, we really teach people how to do things the right way and think for the long term and such. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> so you have like an on online mentorship or something? Exactly. Um, so we have we have all these different. We started out and we we kind of um, fast track you through the the learning process with through handbooks. So we we initially when we first started, we were getting asked the same question thousand times a day. So it kind of sparked the idea of okay, how can we solve this problem? 
let's make handbooks on all the different questions that we ask all the time. So that be, kind of became our thing. And now we're have, we have like 14 or 15 handbooks. But um, now in order to get to, I was mentioning before, there's the different levels of our membership. And the highest one is the alpha chat. That's the membership. That's where all the professional traders are trading. So you have to do about six handbooks just to get there. So people are paying for our membership for a few months uh, at a time, and they're not even getting the best part of our service. So we don't even want people who aren't going to make it that far. We want the dedicated, the dedicated trader who really wants to work that hard and make it all the way and kind of think of this as a long-term uh, goal instead of just like a get-rich-quick scheme, which many people think trading is. Right. So do you think you and your partner work so well because you're opposite ends of the spectrum? You're risky and short-term and he's more long-term minded? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's not even, it's not even really that. If you met us, you could just tell. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're the same in that, you know, we're very outgoing, you know, we like to have a good time, stuff like that. But just our interests beyond that, it's like, it's so funny. We're complete opposites where, you know, he doesn't like sports at all. I'm obsessed with sports. He loves cars. I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> so it, it's funny how it works out. I mean, obviously we're both pretty type A and aggressive people to be, you know, starting a business on our own and doing that. But as far as the, the getting down to the nature of our personality, we're complete opposites. And it really, it really helps us grow because there's so many things that he will see and he will do that I would never think of and vice versa. And, you know, it's really important to have that dynamic when growing a business is what we've learned. Definitely. Definitely. Neat. So where did your interest in what you're doing now come from originally? Like, did you go to college for that? Why did you do that? Absolutely. So, um, I'll be honest, back, back when I was choosing high school and college, I didn't really have much direction. I let sports completely dictate everything. I was a football player in high school, and I eventually played in college. And my father kind of directed me to the finance world. He's like, well, you don't know what you want to do. You learn how finance works. You'll probably make some money. So um, that's actually how I got into the finance world. It's really funny to think about now <laughs> with how embedded I am into it. Um, but no, and I used, I used uh, football to get me into a better college. I probably couldn't have gotten into it. I went to Bentley University in Massachusetts. And so coming out of the finance world, you know, there's, there's a certain kind of road that you take usually, and it's, it's not delightful at all. You have to do horrible jobs. You, you, you have to become a Microsoft Excel monkey, you know, mm. to really get anywhere for the first two, three, four years. I just knew that wasn't for me. So I took a risk on myself, and that's how I ended up at the prop trading firm saying, I'll give myself a few years at this, you know, either I'll make it or I won't, but I won't feel like I'm absolutely wasting my time. And, I, you know, I'm so motivated to do this thing. And so many people are telling me I can't do it, which motivates me even more. So I kind of had to take a risk and not go the traditional route, if you will. And it actually led me to a lot of successes that I wouldn't have had, had I not taken these risks. Absolutely. And what do you think that was besides people telling you you can't? Do you think it was just like an inner trust that you could? Yeah, I mean, there's something about my inherent nature. It's that, you know, if you tell me I can't do something, that's going to make me want to do it so much more. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Right. Uh, but, uh, and I really loved, I mean, I stepped foot, I took a bunch of interviews. I stepped foot on the trading floor. And if you've ever been on a trading floor, it's a ton of energy. It's, it's not like a normal, you know, office setting. Uh -huh. it, it's, it, there's so much energy. People are screaming, yelling about different ideas. Um, it's very, uh, the trading floors I've been on are very like masculine and, and things of that nature. It reminded me of being on a sports field. Oh. So immediately I went on these, these interviews and I felt I could fit in right away and I could use skills that have led me in, in past and previous you know, sports teams, leadership roles, things like that. I could use those skills to get ahead. So I just saw it being a natural fit actually. 
Wow. I love that when people connect two different things that are so opposing, you know, I mean, finance and football, you, I would never put those two together at all. Right. And for you to have been able to acknowledge that at the time right. is amazing. You know, and, and you have to, you have to give a little bit of luck. There's always a little luck involved in success. So I'll definitely mention that. Um, if, had I been, had I started off in, in 2018 or 20 or 2019, let's say, uh, this year has been, even though the market's risen, I'm sure, I, I, I don't know if you follow it, but there are easy years trading and there are difficult years trading. My first year trading was a very difficult year. I didn't, I didn't do so well. And then my second year was an easier year, if you will. And I'm, uh, that's where I really made a ton of uh, enough money to go off on my own. So that if I didn't have, you know, who's to say if it was a, if it was a down year in the market, I would be, you know, sitting with you today. So I have to attest a little bit of luck that was on my side in the market. In that second year. Right. Yeah. Luck is such an interesting word. It's like, was right. it luck or was it your determination to make it happen? You know, at a, and even though like people are still successful at times that are not so great. Like, I mean, I'm sure in 20, 2008, there were some successful people. They were just true. really determined. True. Very true. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Or it's just everything together with the fact maybe the reason you trusted so much was because this was your path regardless of your external circumstances. You know, that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> I like your, your version a lot better than mine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these are things, you know, who knows? Right. Um, you know, you just kind of got to put your best foot forward, trust your inner gut and move forward. And that's that's kind of what I've always used to lead me. Yes, I love it. So did you have any kind of mentor or you just learned on the job and figured it out from like failure? And so, um, absolutely. I did have a mentor and, and, um, I, they changed often, but then I had one stable mentor. Um, and now the way the trading floor works is you quote unquote pay it forward. So, you know, you, uh, when you're a new guy, it's on you to just ask the older guys questions. And I was the guy who was just berating these guys with questions. They thought I was the most annoying little kid out of college. <laughs> But, you know, I, I knew that's the only way I could get this knowledge. So I just kept asking, 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 asking. And finally, so at, there were different levels to desks where it's like, you know, the, the first level was the really bad traders, the new guys. They called that the MOOC desk. It's like, well, everyone's MOOCs, I, I swear. And then, you know, there are levels, so you moved up. So I just kept asking, kept asking, and I kept moving up desks. And finally, they put me next to this one guy who was just an absolute animal. And I sat next to him for two or three years, and he put me under his wing. Um, this guy, Chris, Chris Scher, never forget him. Um, he really taught me how to trade and, and, you know, gave me all, gave me all of his best attributes. I learned off him so well. So if I, if I never really had him and that, that opportunity to sit next to him and ask him questions every day, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am. Um, so I think, so the mentorship part of trading, and that is where we initially kind of got the idea to do the mentorship. So the people who work for us are salesmen and such. We, they're more of mentors because they're going to mentor the younger guys and the younger guys are eventually going to pay it forward to the new younger guys. And it's kind of this cycle that just goes on and on and on. Yeah. I mean, every industry should have that. If you it's, ask it's, me. It is actually a beautiful thing. You know, I never really thought about it till now. <laughs> I know. I see, I see you thinking. That's so funny. <laughs> Yes, I I actually um, there are programs like I don't want to say like that, but 
I know that there are online courses, for instance, for social media and how to build skills in social media and to like you you pay to learn essentially to learn like marketing online Mm -hmm. and so you're paying this program but you're learning in return and then you start mentoring other people and you get you get higher up and but you can also make money from like signing up businesses to do their social media or something like that yeah is that are you talking about multi-level marketing don't (laughs) i guess so um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a whole different thing where it's like, okay. you know, I believe that's kind of like, cause you're talking about when you, when you, you know, you have more people under you, then you're going to do more cause they're selling more and stuff like that. I guess so. That, I don't uh, yeah. know. If, I don't know if it has to do with like people under you, like all the, oh, okay. all okay. the then juices the and idea. shakes and stuff. I know. I'm, I guess I really don't know the situation well enough well, to talk well, about it. I can't really about this stuff. Cause there's so many, like there's so many frauds. And so many people just scamming in my industry. Yeah. So we've really gotten ahead by being just very authentic. That's that's our competitive mm-hmm. advantage. Just we're completely and wholly us all the time. Right. That's so. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> For somebody looking to get into what you're doing, um, obviously they can come join you guys. But is there something that they should stay away from if they see something? Like how would you know that there's something inauthentic about what you're doing? I, I mean if anyone promises you you're going to make X amount of money – or, you know, you're guaranteed this type of return. That's that's the first red flag I see. Yeah. Or if someone says, give me your money, give me $800 and turn it into $4,000. Like, if there's any guarantees, then right away you know that it, there's some sort of scam involved because, you know, in the financial markets, there's really no guarantees. You know, as I was saying before, with the failure rate of the trading firm, it was, I mean, I saw hundreds and hundreds of guys come in and out within months. So any type of guarantees, I'd say, are the biggest red flag to look for. That's Besides, I mean, what well, we're guarantees, you know, we'll guarantee that you'll you'll know what to look for. You will cut your time down in, in searching. The you're gonna work more efficiently and effectively because you know actually what's going on. Yeah, and you have the mentorship, which is great. Right, right. I love that aspect so much. Um, neat. All right. So, how long have you been self-employed since working on Wall Street? So, um, I guess I'm going on my third year now. Third year full time. Um, I was at the trading firm for three and a half, four years about. And then once I finally got that capital up, I could finally leave on my own and fill my own account. Um, The way it works is you give them a small amount of money, trading firms, and you're allowed to trade their large amounts of money. Now, it sounds very glamorous, but what that really does is that usually uh, hastens up people's failure rate because I I put $7,500 into account. But I could trade with $500,000 worth of stock. So I'm going to buy a lot of stock and I'm going to lose money more quickly because I don't really know what I'm doing and I have all this money to trade. Hmm. So it's kind of a recipe for disaster the way they do it. So what we really preach is the long-term game, the long-term aspect of it. You don't really need – it doesn't really matter what you're starting off with because what you should be doing – is taking a long-term horizon. What what are you going to be looking at in five years, in ten years, in fifteen years? So that that's kind of what we really preach is to take the long-term approach of looking at this stuff because everyone wants to become a millionaire in a year, and it's just not going to happen. Right. So um, we really preach, you know, uh, you know, if you had, if you had a thousand bucks to start, you say everyone says, how much money do I need to start? Thousand dollars is fine, you know, and you just keep building, you keep adding, adding to it slowly. You do automatic deposits into your account, things like that, and just play the long game and build slowly. And eventually, you know, that, that pace picks up on how it builds. Hmm. 
Amazing. Um, okay. So it's obviously a really risky industry, but does right. a lot of the risk have to do with daily political decisions? Oh, I mean, right now what we're going through is, is an absolute disaster with U.S. and China and Trump and President Xi and this trade war. You know, it causes our day-to-day to be really difficult because the stock market becomes so headline-driven, just like you said. Mm. Um, so, yes, in this, in this current political climate, it's increasingly difficult to navigate the stock markets because of that political risk. So you have to keep up on the news, like every- oh god, I, like every 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 fucking Trump tweet is breaking news to the stock market. It's awful. <laughs> it's so awful. Whoa! All right, yeah. guys, if you want to get into this, you need to want to be engrossed in politics. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not engrossed in politics. Okay. What I do and what we do, I don't have an opinion. You know, I, I have my own personal opinion, but I'm not going to share it with the world because that doesn't matter. We always, we always have to, our jobs as traders is to take information, whatever Trump is saying, and say, what's going to happen from that? How can we profit from that? What's that going to affect? So, for example, um, there's the new, the new tariffs on the trade war. That's heavily going to affect Apple and the iPhone it could be with the 25% tariffs. They'll be losing 25% of their profit. So it would only make sense that their stock is going to go down off that news. So I hear that news. That's kind of the way my brain shifts, not... My brain doesn't think like, oh, should he have said that or shouldn't he have said that? It's what's going to be the outcome of him saying this. Right. Wow. You so get... you kind of have to be hardened a little bit. You know, you can't you can't be emotional about the news. Right. And you have to think on such a massive scale. Absolutely. So in a situation like that, what would you do? Would you buy Apple right then and there? Or you would ha- like try to get rid of some. You could you could. I mean, so you can buy a stock if you want it to go up or you could short it. And make money when it goes down. And, you know, mathematically, theoretically, that would be the move to do. That's not as much my game. You know, it's kind of just an example. I'm more of a, I'm more of a buyer. So during these, like, really difficult times, I'll either um, kind of just step to the side and research for the better times or research, you know, what the best stocks are for when the market turns around to, to the upside. Mm. Um, but in that scenario, yeah, I could see, you know, shorting Apple would be the move. Interesting. Wow, there's so much to the finance world. It's very, it's very intricate. It's scary. Yeah, you, well, here's the thing about trading. It's like, you know, it does. I don't. You don't have to be a brainiac. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. And it's funny because when we, me and my partner, when we we saw all these different, uh, the trading firm when we first started out, they kind of brought in all these different fields of classes. And one of them was when we were, uh, they brought in all these um, Ivy League guys, Harvard, Yale. And they actually were some of the worst traders I had ever met because everything had to be so logical. Everything had to make sense. Mm-hmm. Everything had to, and they had to figure everything out with an equation. You know, the financial markets, they have emotions of their own. They're going to kind of act, you know, they call it the, the, the wild pig. No one knows which direction it's going to run sometimes. <laughs> so it, it doesn't take, it, it's not the smartest guy in the room at all times being the, being the best trader. It's kind of who can process the information and the outcomes best. Mm. It's, but it's funny because I did meet a lot of guys from those Ivy League from much better schools, and I bet you they can, you know, they can do a lot better equations than I could. But when it came to trading and the emotional aspect, everything had to be, everything had to have a why, and sometimes there's just no why. Oh, I would be so bad at that. Right, right. The first question you ask is, "What is your why?" I was like, yeah. "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> People like actually in college one time, 
this girl got really mad at me. A bunch of us were doing an, uh, pulling an all-nighter before a final or something for yeah. psychology. And so I was, you know, I need to understand things in order for it to make sense for me. Right. Like, I need to understand all of it. So we were studying something, and I'm like, well, why is it this? She's like, it doesn't matter. Just know it. She's <laughs> yeah, like, just, yeah. know, just know that that's what it is. I'm like, I, I'm not going to know it if I don't understand why someone needs to help me. <laughs> So but. we'll keep we'll have you to, uh, stick to the podcast for now. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is a good spot for me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> All right. So, what was a pivotal moment in time that made you realize exactly what you wanted to do next for your career? Was it just from seeing guys needing mentorship? Um, honestly, um, it wasn't. I mean, there are all those things, but really, what it was for me, uh, my father passed away from cancer a few years ago. Um, that kind of just changed my outlook on everything. Um, I had a few good years before that trading, and I was going through a little slump. Um, he was getting pretty sick. It all kind of transpired really quickly, and my trading performance kind of followed followed his health, if you will. Where you know, at the worst he was doing mentally, I wasn't you know performing well because I had all these other things in my mind and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he finally passed, and you know, I I, I kind of sat down. I was like, is this something I really want to do forever? And then you know it kind of like awoke this beast inside me that was just like, this is what I have to do. Like I have it in me to do this. There's no reason I can't do this. All these people are telling me that I can't, but I have found so much success so far. Why can't I be the one to, you know, maybe be this successful in this field when no one else is. Um, and I'd say that was really the pivotal point um, as shitty as it sounds. But I mean, that's kind of what you need to grow. You need those shitty times. Yeah, I think a lot of the pivotal points are those biggest unfortunate situations. Right, right. And you really find out who you are during those times. Are you going to fold or are you going to, you know, put in the work? Yeah. Wow, sorry. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Didn't mean to, no, to drag no. the pod down. No, no, not at all. I, my last one was actually a whole story about this girl that lost her two parents in Sandy. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we're here to listen. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so... Is there something that you like to do in life that doesn't make you money, which one may deem as a hobby that relaxes you? I mean, I'm, honest, I'm trying to get, I'm so, trying so hard to get better at meditating. You got to show me some more tricks. But um, <laughs> so, so a big part of trading is the psychological aspect, and it's fucking hard day in day out to be so emotionally invested or whatever. So I've been getting into yoga and and mindfulness and meditating, and it's really really helped me. Um, lock in and focus a lot more and not and not be so emotional during the trading day and such right because I could I feel like if I were you in the trading world like I don't know I'm a very emotional person and my body is affected very easily by things mm-hmm. and I feel like the constant rapid change and all the stress and I feel like every throughout the day it's changing so much too like it's very like you were saying the floor is a high energy masculine feel and I I feel like a body could really easily speed up and, you know, your heart rate could be going faster than you, it should. Right, right, right. And the whole goal of trading is to not to be emotional, to be a robot. And that's the most difficult part. That's why so many people fail because they make decisions based on emotions and you never want to do that. Trading, you always, you want to, the first thing we teach is for someone to have a game plan. You know, if it crosses this price, I'm going to buy it. And if it crosses this price, I'm going to sell it and I'm going to, and whatever, you have a game plan. So you want to stick to your game plan. Otherwise, if you're doing the emotional things, that's where you really kill yourself because, you know, you make a bad decision. And the thing about trading is that 
every decision you make at the end of the day, it's logged on a chart. So you know exactly where you went wrong. It shows you. So if you're emotional, it's, it's just like that taking those, the emotional losses is so much more painful because you say, Oh, I'm so stupid. I should have done X, Y, and Z if I just didn't do this. So keeping your head in the game is probably the most difficult aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Cause we're not robots. How could you live we like that? We are not. We are not. <laughs> um, and it's funny. It takes, it, t- it does take years to develop that, like, you know, emotional hardness and, you know, I just lost, you know, 3000 bucks in five minutes. Now I got to focus for the rest of the day and train these people. I don't want to do that at all, but that's part of the game. But you have to – so many people want to come in and be great, but it's the psychological aspect that takes the most time to develop. Definitely. Um, how many – I'm going to like pretend like I know what I'm talking about here. How yeah. many um, things do you have in your portfolio at a time? Um, it varies. It varies depending on the market. Um, right now, since the – so the market's come down – Six uh, percent in the last like three days. It's the first sell-off we've had in a few months. So right now I'm extremely light. I only have you know four or five names that I'm trading very light. Um, but when when it's when the market's really booming, I'm going to be in twenty to twenty-five different names at one time. Wow. Yeah. So it can be difficult to manage at times. Um, but again, it's you know all comes with the experience. Yeah. All right. So what was life like for you as a kid? If you were to sum it all up briefly, like where did you grow up? Do you have siblings? Did you, you went to college? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I I grew up in Long Island. I moved from New Jersey to Long Island when I was 12 years old. I was always big into sports. Um, I, I was an outgoing kid. had a lot of friends. I I had a great childhood. Um, I have an older brother. His name's Stevie. He still lives out in Long Island. He's building houses. Um, yeah. What else is there to say? Awesome. You were in New Jersey? Where? Yeah, I was in uh, Manalapan, New Jersey for the first 12 years. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I have a friend from there. Oh, nice. (laughs) Okay. I can't say I disagree with this change of yours, but I know you're leaving us and moving to Colorado sometime soon. (laughs) Um, I'm curious about why you're making such a big leap from New York City to Colorado. I mean, I want to give you all these elaborate reasons, but you know it's because of my dog. Oh, she, <laughs> she just wants nature. <laughs> she just needs to be outside. She's a hunting dog. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've been in New York City six or seven years. You know, I did the whole worked on Wall Street thing. I kind of, you know, made my name around here. So I feel like, you know, I've checked that off my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, it's always been a dream of mine to live near the mountains. Uh, and Denver is kind of the perfect place where I could still be in the city, in a city, but um, be around the mountains with such close uh, proximity. And then they added bonus that, you know, I could bring my dog off leash hiking every day is, you know, that's the, the cake. The life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I got to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, that's so exciting. I'm really excited for you. So good luck there. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Uh, we're going to get into wellness a little bit here. So you did mention that you're just getting into yoga and mindfulness, but do you have some kind of wellness routine? Um. So um, it's not as much a routine. So I, I was telling you, I try to, um, I try to meditate. My, I set an alarm every day for noon. I don't know if you walk by my office sometimes. I'm sitting on my couch Indian style. I try to meditate for 15 minutes at noon every day. Um, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit better. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. But um, here's a, a rule I've always had is that if, if I lose money, if I'm losing money trading, I have to read at least 20 pages that day. That really gets my mind right and kind of resets me into – you kind of have to always have this, you know, growth mentality and not just like growing accounts. Like 
which is why the wellness and mindfulness works so well because you have to know that you're this forever evolving creature and you always have to be changing and getting better and adapting to different markets and such. So there's actually a lot more parallels than you'd think between wellness and trading. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, it's probably so beneficial for someone. Maybe that's why you're so successful because you're in tune with that. Well, I mean, it, I've only gotten much more in tune, I'd say in the last year or two. And it's really because since the business has grown, I used to just be able to trade stocks. And if I had a bad day, I had a bad day. If I had a good day, you know, it'd be great. But now I have, I have, we have 350 traders that, um, you know, they need me. They need my opinion. They need to see what I'm looking at. I can't just have a bad day and take a day off anymore. Like I used to be able to. So it's like the, the scope of my job has grown so immensely that I need, I need to be able to take on a lot more. I need to be able to handle a lot more stress. So right. you're right, the wellness and the meditation. And it's, it's crazy to me what 15 minutes of meditation will do to you uh, per day. Absolutely. Have you thought about or have you already thought about bringing wellness and mindfulness into your program? Um, so uh, we do have – one of the things I learned, I, I came from the trading firm I keep mentioning, um, and the main, my main contention with them is that they never talked about trading psychology. Mm-hmm. They just kind of like, if you had a bad day, you had a bad day, good day, good day. But the psychological aspect is, is so, so important. So we actually did a handbook um, called the Trading Psychology Handbook, and that's one of the important like, levels you have to pass on your way up as you're kind of ascending to the alpha chat, which is the top. Um, so I'd say we have incorporated some, I mean, I'm always trying to incorporate more because it's, it's, it's just so important. It's the difference maker between, you know, success or not. Sometimes it's funny to me. Yeah. I wish I knew this stuff six, seven years ago. Right. But at least you're this young and you know it now. So. Right. Right. It's definitely a positive way to look at it. Right. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> um, Speaking of wellness, I know you have amazing energy to the point that I've literally never felt anything other than positivity from you. The only other wave of emotion I've seen is stress from print, uh, for printing a boarding pass <laughs> <laughs> right before a flight that you yeah. had very, very yeah. last minute. Yeah, um, truth, right? That's, yeah, it's a whole new level of stress. <laughs> you can't, you can't buy that one. <laughs> it's totally understandable, though. So that being said, what do you think most deeply contributes to your happiness and success? Hmm, that's a really good question. You know, um, I really love seeing our guys, the young guys, progress. I get so much satisfaction of these guys who just, you know, they come up to me knowing nothing, and three months later they're so progressed. Uh, I, you know. Being a, a trader and being an individual and independent trader, you're very uh, self-motivated, I'd say. So where the first few years of my career, it's like I didn't really care what anyone else was doing. I worried about my numbers. I worried about my shit. I kept myself in check. And as I was saying before, there were so many failure rates. I got to a point where I stopped making friends at the trading firm because they, they wouldn't be there in a month. They wouldn't be there in two months. So it, was just, it became a waste of my time. Wow. And I kind of enacted that mentality um, to initially launch pad. But since then, since we've had the business and the trading and the training aspect, um, seeing other guys, younger guys progress is what really you know motivates me so much. I love it. That's amazing. So it's, funny, it's funny how I've changed over the years. Wow. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> um is there a non-negotiable in your daily or weekly habits that you cannot live without uh 
as as a, a luxury, as a leisure type thing? Um, really just anything. It could even just be like taking nugget for a walk because that makes you happy. Someday, you know, I would say that I want to be the good dog parent that says that a lot of days <laughs> I stick her in doggy daycare so that I don't have to deal with it. Um, I honest, I don't have, I wouldn't, wouldn't have anything dead set routine wise. Yeah. Um, I'm a pretty flexible person. I can just kind of adapt. It could even just be like a cup of coffee. Oh, I mean, yeah. Then six times a day <laughs> I have this special time that I need to have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> that was easy yeah um <laughs> that's funny do you sleep a lot um no i've never been a big sleeper um I'm, i could function on six hours of sleep my entire life if i needed to um yeah even if even if i do get a good night or i get into bed early i'll beat my alarm by a couple hours and i'll just start getting up and again our, sometimes i feel like um uh, my job, you ever see the movie Groundhog Day where he keeps waking up and it's the same thing over and over? No. <laughs> okay, so premise of the movie, it's like uh, the guy keeps waking up and it's Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. So in, in many different jobs, you'll have different days. Your day-to-day is going to be very different. You're going to have different conversations. For me, my job is almost like Groundhog Day where I'm just waking up. I hit the charts immediately. It's all stocks. It's kind of this... Like I wake up a lot and I'm like, oh shit, what day is it? Because every day, every work day is just a continuation of the last. Mm. So it's funny in that regard where uh, I'm always trying to process information. If I'm if I'm ever I ever have downtime, and this is kind of one of the reasons I got into meditation, um, I have a lot of anxiety about not doing enough. If I'm ever just sitting, chilling, doing nothing, I'll have this internal struggle going on saying, you could be doing something right now. You could be reading a book, you could be talking to a member, you could be looking at charts. So that's where meditation has come in to help me kind of just chill and bring my, bring my levels down. Yeah, that's great. I think that's what it's good for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you use guided meditations or you just use silence? No, I, uh, I put on the Beats headphones and I go to, um, what is it? The, uh, they have the playlists on title, like meditation playlists and all this stuff. And I just sit here Indian style on my little couch and just kind of zen out for 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you were mentioning that Colorado is one of your – it's something on your bucket list that you've always wanted to do. I could definitely relate to that. Um, what are some other things on your bucket list that you haven't yet done? Because I know that you've done so many things and you've been to so many places. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't. Have, I mean, I wish I had a big bucket list. I kind of – I rolled the punches. I kind of, you know. Yeah. I, I – uh, if I see something I want, I'll try to make it a quick, quick trip or whatever. You know, I, more of my goals are, this is kind of sounds shitty, but it's more uh, account. Like I have goals where I want to see my account go and where we want to see our business go and the amount of members and stuff. So as far as bucket list, it's like, I, I've been to a lot of places, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like, I'd like to go to, you know, some places I'd like to go to Fiji one day, but <laughs> you know, um, I don't have a clear cut bucket list of, that's a trash answer, huh? Sorry. No, that's fine. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just thinking if you were to reverse that question to me, I'm like, wait, I don't even necessarily know what I would say. <laughs> but, oh, okay. So, so, right. I, what is your bucket list? Yeah. I mean, I guess I have a bunch of things like definitely become self-employed and continue oh, okay. traveling and be have like a, I guess you're pretty much like a, a location independent type of business, right? Right, right. Um, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I thought of one, I, by the way, this is something I've always wanted to do. It's not more of a bucket list. It's more of like a self uh, kind of uh, can I do it. Uh, it's something called, have you ever heard of Vipassana? 
What was it? Uh, Vipassana. No, it keeps cutting out when you say it. <laughs> oh, Vipassana, V-I-P-P-A-S-A-N-N-A. It's a, it's a meditation thing. Oh. So I was reading this book called, what is it called? Was it, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Be, Be Here Now. Okay. Is uh, I found it was apparently it was Steve Jobs' favorite book. It's his whole book on meditation and about you know being here now. And it's funny because it tells it tells the whole story through this guy doing uh, tripping on all these different drugs, but like coming to these great revelations in India. Whatever. Um, so again, vipassana is uh, a ten day retreat uh, in India where you don't speak the whole time. You know, you live as like a Buddhist or a monk would. And for me. It scares the shit out of me. <laughs> it scares the hell out of me. So I kind of made a goal once reading the book that that, that was something I really wanted to accomplish once in life because I don't know if I could do it. Wow, I love that. And see, that's yeah. a great answer because – and I love that you want to do it because it scares you because it's not something that you can see yourself easily doing. And I think right. those it's those times where growth, we spurt. That's where it manifests right there at it, when you leave your comfort zone. Yeah, and I love that you seek those times and moments. I need to do more of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so emotionally hardened like by all the pain I take from the stock market. Like <laughs> I got to abuse myself to have any fun. <laughs> hey, whatever works. <laughs> whatever works. <laughs> That's funny. Um, is there something that you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? I mean, I'm going to stop going with the meditation thing. I, I was going to say, like 15 times. <laughs> that happens every time. Um, honestly, it's, it's, it's knowing um, tr what true preparation is like. Mm. Where, whereas I would, you know, money can come and go quickly in the stock market. You could have a quick trade, five, 10 minutes or whatever, and you make money or you lose money. But that's not where the work is done. All the work is, all my work is really done on Sunday. No one sees it in the screen desk. But I'm in this green desk eight hours every Sunday, like busting my ass. And I'd say the, the, the difference in the preparation of what I need to do on a weekly basis and the consistent, creating consistency, um, I'd say that's the biggest change where it's like, all right, I don't want to do this shit, but I have to if I want to succeed. Mm, that's you a know, really good one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, taking shortcuts um, is, is a silent killer. Right. I love that answer. Yeah, this is my year of commitment, so I can nice. yes, I can attest to the fact that committing to something and creating consistent habits to it, this podcast wouldn't exist if the, if commitment wasn't my word this year. I don't right, think. right. How many people do you meet with great ideas who never execute them? I feel like it's every other, every other person I know has a great idea for something, but no one ever executes because no one wants to put in the consistent work that's necessary. Right, and I agree to that. To a certain extent, because you remember I was going to start a, a company previously. Shockerbox. Shockerbox, yeah. Dude, yeah. I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. So I just think like it's interesting because as excited as I was about it, I was really forcing it, you know, because it was a good, a pretty good idea. I really liked it. Other people liked it. And I, my whole life. Matt, I've been trying to come up with ideas, okay? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just one of those people. I'm like, before I die, I will innovate something. I don't care what it is, but yeah, no, I like that idea a lot. I think I think you'll just it, it, logistically, it's a bit. It'll be really difficult, but I like the idea. 
Yeah, I mean, there are so many subscription boxes out there. I know it's possible, right. but I also have this like limiting belief and I don't feel so comfortable about putting something out there that's like really expensive. And it's okay. almost hard, hard to create something of such quality and have it be affordable. <laughs> so, so that, I mean, uh, that's just something you got to get over. I know. Yeah. I and, mean, that's and, business. Right. And maybe I will, but I don't know. So pretty much I felt like I didn't have like necessarily the skills for it. And I know that it was all these limiting beliefs, but all those limiting beliefs were holding me back. Right. And, and I was able to realize, I feel like I'm forcing this rather than it like, living inside of me and just coming out like podcasting kind of does is what it feels right. like for me. So gotcha. when I realized, oh my gosh, no, Shaka Box is not what I should be doing right now. It should be podcasting. It, it was like an easy, like a duh moment. Uh-huh. You know, like duh, this is where I should be spending my time. It's not about the money I'm going to make in the next couple of years. It's about the experience that I'm looking right, to right. have. And kind of creating your own personal brand as well. Right. And just seeing where I, where life takes me from there, you know, and you never, you never know where life will take you, where maybe chakra box is something for you down the road as well. And, you know, you had that idea sparked, you just kind of didn't have the resources or lo- the logistical, you know, necessities to make it happen. Totally. 100%. I think about that all the time. I mean, I still have the, um, the Instagram there and I haven't like taken it off my thing, you know, and I don't use it or play around on it at all, uh-huh. but Every now and then it gets a like or a follow and I'm like, what are these? <laughs> Whatever. <Yeah. laughs> but um, it's pretty funny. But yeah, no, that's exactly it. I forget where I went on that tangent. But uh, actually, before I ask you my last question, um, I've been intrigued. And I mean, we don't even have to go here if you don't want to. But when people that I have on here have um, a lover and a partner or something, I always want to know their love stories briefly. It doesn't even have to be that briefly, but I just like love, love. And I, you're a successful person. You're a great guy. And you just seem so happy with your girlfriend and your adorable pup. And I just want to know how it started. Um, I actually met my girlfriend in high school, believe it or not. Wow. We had, we had the horribly cheesy uh, quarterback and cheerleader thing going on. <laughs> I mean, and then uh, we actually, we broke up during college. We kind of, we went our separate ways. We grew on our own. Uh, and then after college, we reconnected. and We've kind of been together ever since. Wow. So it wasn't like a harsh breakup. It was just like, this is what we should do kind of thing. I mean, I don't know many good breakups, but um, <laughs> it was very easy to reconnect. It was like we never missed a beat when we did get back together. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no <laughs> That's amazing. I don't put that past you at all. Like that just makes so much sense. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <of course. laughs> so lastly, is there anything you wish we spoke about? Something I didn't ask or something intuitive that you would like to share with us? Oh uh, man, um, not much comes to mind. Do you have any, any, any final questions or anything? <laughs> uh, That's all I prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I would say... I would say the biggest lesson I've learned in, in creating my business and because you said you wanted to become self-employed and all that stuff, it's just, you know, create kind of not really creating a schedule for yourself or just, but, but just continuously putting in the work and just never stopping and not taking the days off and, and just putting in the, always the extra effort, you know, talking to that extra person, networking that extra little bit, you know, uh, the, the real, as we were talking about how change really comes when you're leaving your comfort zone. And that's something I found that is, you know, skyrocketed my success rate. So, I mean, I feel like any, if anyone is out there and they're struggling or whatever it is, 
they just just keep pushing through, make that extra little effort. And I think you know you'll find you're a lot stronger than you anticipated. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. What I, what I was going to where I was going with before was with the podcasting was like uh, the passion and the excitement was behind the podcasting and I think a lot of people want to start something because they want to start something and not be employed anymore. Right. Because I mean to come on like being employed sucks. Being employed sucks. <laughs> it does, I mean, yeah. It really kind of sucks for a lot of people and if you're employed by a company where your values and your visions and your, their missions align with yours and you're all aligned and stuff. That's incredible. That is ideal. And that's really hard to find. It is that it definitely is, you know, and I can only speak for myself. Grateful as hell to have a job and be employed. So it's definitely like one of those necessary evils. Is that yeah. Catch 22s. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely grateful, but, I think it's just passion. So it's interesting because you have such a fire behind your why and your passion and, and your path. And I think that's what we're all kind of looking to connect all those pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't have passion behind what you're doing, how are you going to be able to consistently put in that extra effort and, and do the shitty things that you don't want to do? You have to just love it to really, or kind of love your mission. To yes. really, you know, to keep that fire. Right. Because it's an energy and, and it's exhausting to be forcing anything, you know, to force any kind of anything is literally exhausting. Oh, so yeah. you're not going to find the energy for the drive or the drive for the energy or whatever have you. But that's pretty much all I have here. Oh, great. I enjoyed this so much. Good. I enjoyed it so much. I was nervous about this coming in. I was like, oh, I have to have answers prepared and what's going to be going on. <laughs> but it was fun. I had fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Matt. Is there like where can we find you? Um, so the business is called Trading Experts. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Trading Experts. We actually just released an app on the Apple App Store uh, under the same moniker, Trading Experts. That has all our handbooks and all the stories and stuff. So definitely go there uh, to check us out. Amazing. And what would somebody do if they wanted to sign up? Would they just click a link in your Instagram or something? There, uh, you can just DM our Instagram and say, what's up? Or, you know, how do I join? We have a group chat called Getting Started. For everyone, that's so many people contact us. It was like, I have no idea how to get started. So we made a group chat and a handbook called Getting Started. So that's where everyone kind of starts. Um, and, you know, if you know absolutely nothing about the market, we can show you the path. I love it. Well, thank you for doing what you do. And thank you for coming on here. Really. It was so much fun. Thanks for asking. This is a blast. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. And I'll see you soon. All right. See you soon. Well, that is a wrap folks. Thank you so much for tuning in again, as always to well and why a spiritually nutritious production. Please feel free to reach out to me or to shake and let us know what you think about the episode or the conversation. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was or if you have any feedback. That would be so super highly appreciated. Speaking of feedback, let me tell you about this giveaway challenge that I'm doing. And the end date is going to be Saturday night, May 18th, 2019 because this episode's being released on the 16th. I know it's really not that much time. I don't know. It all happened very last minute last weekend, and I didn't really know what kind of time limit to put on it. So um, so it's the 18th, all right? 
And if you do these three things, you are entering for a chance to win a free wellness box full of goodies from me. In this episode, we actually talked about how I was going to start a subscription box business. So I think I'm pretty well equipped with the knowledge to curate a fucking fabulous box. If I do say so myself. Uh, Okay, so the three things are, are you ready? The first one is a big one. Listen to an episode of Well and Why. You've already done that. If you're here, if you're listening, you are one third already a contestant. Okay, great. Number two, like and comment your biggest takeaway on that episode's audiogram in my feed. So essentially, if you go to my Spiritually Nutritious Instagram page, you will see uh, pictures of random people. Not random. They're not random to this podcast, but pictures that aren't of me. And um, there's a little video in the top. It looks like it would be a video if you open it up, but really the only thing that's a video like is the audio waveform that's moving with their voice. So go onto that, like, and comment your biggest takeaway on that episode's audiogram. All right. Number three is to go onto iTunes, write a review for me, please. Um, preferably five stars. If not, just reach out to me in person. I would love any and all feedback, seriously. And um, in your iTunes review, please include your Instagram handle because I think that would be really helpful for me to connect that uh, it's for this contest and connect the two platforms. I don't think everybody has the same name on iTunes and Instagram. Probably not, actually, right? I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I'm asking from you. Those three things. I'm going to repeat them one more time. Listen to an episode. Done. Boom. Number two, like and comment your biggest takeaway on that episode's audiogram on my Instagram feed. Number three, go onto iTunes, write a review, and please include your Instagram handle. And there you have it. Then I'm going to pick a winner and someone's going to receive an amazing box of self-love. Yeah, that's about it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And please feel free to come back at any time. Okay? Ta-ta for now.